How's it going, everybody? Oh my gosh. Here at the Winter Classic, as the Kraken win, 3 nothing. Joey with the shutouts. The 35 save shutouts. I see all the Joey, Joey, Joey chants in chat. I just listened to 40,000 people saying the same thing. This could not have gone any better. Like, this just, it, at all. Like, right? Like, I, I'm still taking it all in. It was, it was so much. It was such a, an amazing game. The atmosphere was so incredible here at T-Mobile Park. The, the Kraken fans showed up in a huge way for this game. I mean, there was, yes, there was Vegas fans here, but they were lightly sprinkled in amongst all the Kraken faithful that showed up to watch the best game in Kraken franchise history, right? I mean, you get a 3 nothing shutout over Vegas which is, you know, a feat in of itself in any game, much less on a national stage, the only game of the day in a winter classic, the way you did today, get the, the Joey Decord 35 save shutout. I, I mean, like, I, I don't even really know where to go with all this, right? I mean, it's, it was so much this game and the Kraken, they, they just did what they needed to do. And, and, it, I, I'm so happy to have been here, so happy to have been able to experience this. Sorry, I'm, I'm still dealing with that stuff. I'm also dealing with um, some leaked stuff on here, lots of things going on on the back end to make this stream possible. Had to wait for certain rights clearances and all sorts of stuff going on. So just double checking that real quick. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this game was... I, I would say it is the best game in Kraken franchise history. I think it's certainly the one undeniable fact is the thing that I can say is that this was the best coached game that Dave Maxwell's ever had as the head coach of the Seattle Kraken. He thoroughly outcoached Bruce Cassidy, which is not an easy thing to do. I think that's fantastic. I think we saw the best goaltending performance that we've ever seen in Kraken franchise history today. I think this I'm sure Joey would say that this is the best game of his career, uh, certainly his Kraken career. Um, I mean, it's like so many things happened on this that are, are game-related, right? Like I wasn't sure how this was going to go and what, what to expect, but to be here, to have it be the Winter Classic, and then to have so many things go right for the Kraken on the ice as well that shows that, yes, they have really turned the ship around. They are heading extremely positive direction they are a really really good team playing really really well right now and that's something that you just you just can't fully put into words as it all kind of came together in this one and uh just really really happy to have been here for it and to be able to talk about it with everybody here on post game live presented by Flatstick, right just because we're at the winter classic doesn't mean Flatstick's still not sponsoring post game live um I drove past their uh, the South Lake Union location the other day. Nobody told me it lit up. It's all neon. All the all the mini golf is all neon inspired, and it's got neon lights over everything. And they lower the lights at night. That was incredible. Like, come on! Oh my gosh! So excited to go try to do some like neon lit uh, mini golf over at Plastic Club at some point in the near future. Got some super chats here. I'll start with those. Let some people trickle in because I know a lot of people were at this game. It's going to take time. Everybody's listening to the like the interview with Joey Decord right now that's going on. I know this people are going to be slowly trickling out of the arena, potentially joining us on their way home. So um, I think we'll we'll start with the super chats and then we'll get into kind of the analysis and why I think all of those things kind of went down the way that they did. 
uh, for the Kraken because um, this was, like I said, this was the best coach game they've ever had. Lots of stuff to talk about there. And then, of course, Joey DeCord talked as well. And then RJ will join us at some point. I got to imagine it's going to be quite uh, quite the scene down there for the media as well. Starting us off on the Super Chats is the comic binge. His name is Joey the Truth Decord. Huge win. Is a huge win. And Joey, I mean, he's, he's just playing lights out right now. Yes, the team in front of him is helping him out. Yes, they're doing a good job of, of giving him good sight lines. He's able to track the puck. But today... Things are a little bit different. You're playing a really good team in Vegas. There were times where it was going to be hard to track the puck because you're in a completely new venue with new sight lines. And they're not good sight lines. There's not things that goaltenders train for. This is not something you can easily prepare for. And all he had was, you know, warm-ups today and a brief practice yesterday. And for Joey Decor to be able to then pitch a shutout, a 35-save shutout, was just so impressive. Um that somebody made a lot of money in money puck. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the money puck winner meter in this one. I mean, it was, it was an interesting one. The Kraken, though, I mean, they were coming through in all the ways. We'll we'll get into it with the with the coaching analysis in a little bit. But yeah, it's I gotta imagine if, if you if you were, you know, there was some interesting props going into this game. I'm sure some people made out all right. DJ Singletone with the Joey, Joey, Joey chant. Literally, as I'm reading that, Biz just got all the remaining Kraken fans in the building to start one of those up for the TNT broadcast. Uh, so that's really, really cool. Um, but yes, the Joey chants started in the first period. They started when Joey was making the big saves, right? Like there were times where the defense wasn't always there for him and he had to step up and, and make a play. And he was there to make that play every single time the way a top goaltender does it. And that's what he did in this game. He was phenomenal. So phenomenal. Be, I mean, just rolls right into the next Super Chat. Nothing but respect for my Vesna winner, Joey Decord. First shutout winner, classic history, baby. And against Vegas makes it even better. Is it really the first shutout in winner classic history? That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Just add another thing to the long list that we've been talking about already, right, with this game. That is Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. So happy for Joey, too. He was, he's been so happy just around this whole experience, right? Happy to have the opportunity to be playing in the NHL for starters this season, right? Happy to then have the opportunity to step in and be the number one goaltender for a team after the Philip Grubauer injury. Happy to be able to go and play in a Winter Classic, right? Like, these are all things that Joey has been able to experience on this progression that he's had as somebody who I'm sure had lots of questions lots of doubts right when he re-signed with the kraken over the off season about what his place was going to be he knew he was going to have to come in and beat out chris drieger for the backup role here in seattle and for then him to be here with the first shutout wonder classic history that's crazy crazy like that's that's insane that's insane that's such a great story couldn't have happened to a better person either love joey DeCoy. barbara with the super chat here what a game to be able to watch live. I'm so happy for you guys and Jen to be able to experience this up close and personal. Go 2024. Yeah, I was going to say 2024 year, the Kraken. I know we were getting that going last last year towards the end of last season, but uh, what a way to start off the new year, right? Happy New Year, everybody. I guess we should start there. Um, but yes, it was, a, it was a wonderful experience to be able to be here in person, watch it all happen. Super excited to be able to do it with RJ and Jen, right? And, and them. All our friends in the Kraken media groups, uh, all of them, and then all the fans 
that get to be here, all the ECH community members being able to experience fan fest with everybody last night, being able to see where everybody's sitting today at the game. It was a lot, a lot of fun. I just can't ask for better than when you get to see something this cool. You get to see a team win and you get to do it all with a bunch of friends. Like it, it, literally life doesn't get better than that. You know what I mean? And uh, really, really lucky to have been here. Schultz with the super chat. Joey with the first ever winter classic shutout and Kraken first win in a different sweater. <laughs> what a game. Roster looks like they're in sync with each. That's true. That's something that none of us wanted to talk about, I'm sure, going into this game was how can the how are the Kraken going to do uh, outside of their normal home and away jerseys? We all know how the reverse retros went last year, but these winter classic ones, if you were on the fence about buying one, you got to get one now, right? Like there's no way you can't after this game. I hope that they're able to order more numbers and letters because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be wanting to get 35 Joey decor in the back of a jersey. And uh, hopefully the team store will be able to make that happen for everybody. Gregory, with the Super Chat, with the Lemon Lime, Gatorade Time, Bay Bay, the drive for five is complete. Gord stole that defender's cookies and scored the dagger goal. Joey with the first shutout in Winter Classic history. So glad to witness it in person. I know, saw your tweet. Super happy you were able to be here as well, Gregory. Um, unfortunately, for the first time ever, I was unable to... to bring the lemon lime gatorade with me and of all days of all games oh my gosh gregory of all days to not be able to have it here with me this is the game right i'm still salty about that you can ask rj i've been i've been all day about that so i will i will get you later gregory when i can have my lemon lime gatorade it will be for you and we're, I'll, I'll think of some way of making it up to everybody for the next post-game live. CR Bud with the Super Chat here. Uh, oh, yeah, and then the, the Gord goal at the end there. 2024, year of Yanni Gord, right? Didn't score, hadn't scored a goal since November 22nd. He went the entire month of December. Uh, I came up with the line for our tweets of New Year, New Yanni, because that's what this was. And that was peak Yanni Gord. We were talking about it with some fans yesterday at the meetup. Yanni Gord was due. He, he was owed one. He was gonna, you knew he was gonna show up for a big game like this. For Yanni Gord to go out there and have just a peak Yanni performance, a peak Yanni Gord goal like that. That was beautiful to see. And it really it also helped ice the game. Because at that point, you know, Vegas, you gotta think two-nothing goal. We've seen those kind of disappear pretty quick. You don't see a three-goal lead disappear very quick, very often, and certainly not from a team that looked as confused as the Vegas Golden Knights did this one. CR Bud, we finally figured out how to beat Las Vegas. Slow ice, make the ice temp adjustments crack it. That's right. Got to slow the game down a little bit, slow the puck down, warm up the pucks a little, right? Uh, that's what everybody was not complaining about yesterday, but certainly that was the number one thing all the Kraken players and the Vegas players, for that matter, noticed uh, after their practices out here was just how, how much slower the ice was, but particularly how much slower the pucks were because the pucks for the practice were not frozen down to normal temperature for an NHL game. Today, I would say everything went really, really well. The ice looked good. Looked like the players were able to largely do what they wanted to do. I think this was more so a coaching adjustments kind of thing. And I put out a tweet in the in the in at the end of the first period because in the first period, we really saw a lot of what we had seen from the Kraken before, right? Which was they go out there and they're, they're trying to do that whole thing where they dump and chase, they dump it into the zone, 
They want to then send it back across the, the goal line, behind the goal line, out to somebody, and then right back out front to try to hit a streaking center. And we saw this twice. We saw Brandon Tanev, we saw Jared McCann dump a puck to the right. He breaks left. Tanev goes right. He goes in on the forecheck, wins the battle, sends it over to McCann, and then McCann was trying to hit Wenberg streaking in. They weren't able to connect on that pass. Then you have another one with the Maddie line where it was kind of the same thing. Tatar goes in on the left side on the forecheck to try to win it, get it over to Maddie. Maddie's got Everly coming down, and they weren't able to connect on that either. And I saw that in the first period, and I was just like, what are they doing? Like, why are we back to this? This is what they did when they were losing all of the games. This is what they did on their eight-game, you know, winless streak. Like, this is not we, – we moved past this, right? And I was just like, oh, no, what are they doing? And they do this through the first period. They were able to, you know, get the tip from Tolvin in because he was left pretty unguarded. You know, Vegas made the mistake there. And I was just like, no, tell me, tell me Dave did not revert back to this. And RJ's like, calm down, calm down. But maybe it's just a first period thing, right? Just go out there. It's a little more of a controllable style. You're feeling out the other team. Maybe you can do this. And sure enough, the Kraken come out in the second period and they're playing like we've seen them play the last eight games when they've been picking up points the last four games that they had all won leading into this game, right? Where they're playing a much more organic style. They're looking to make plays. They're looking to utilize the points a little bit more and not just to throw a puck wildly from far back and hope that you get a tip or a deflection in front. They use the points to, to score, right? Like it was, hey, step up if you've got the time and space and we'll get you the puck, which is what happened on that Will Borgen goal in the second period. And you can tell that that completely threw Vegas. It looked like Vegas had prepared for what the Kraken had been doing these last eight games. And then the Kraken show up and they're doing the old thing. And Vegas is like, after the first period, like, okay, well, I guess let's, let's go back to that. They're going to play that game. And then the Kraken come back out with the other thing. And by the time you get to the end of the second period where Vegas would be in a position to make an adjustment again going into the third, Vegas is stuck because they're down to nothing. They don't. They can't worry about trying to stop the Kraken at that point. They need to figure out a way of get going themselves because they've only got 20 minutes left to try to get back into this game. And I just thought that that was – I mean, we have not seen the Kraken play that level of chess match before. Even in the playoff series last year, I, I just don't remember a time where the Kraken were just so clearly a step ahead of the other team. And then to do that against Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights on top of it. Oh my gosh, that was incredible. And so I, that's why I say this is the, this is the best coach game in Kraken franchise history. Dave Haxtell and the coaching staff did an unreal job in this game. And then the players going out there and executing on top of it was just, they sold it, right? They sold me. I was pissed off. I was like, no, stop doing it. But they did it. And I, I absolutely love that. So it, it Lots of good stuff. We'll do more analysis later on. I've got a bunch of super chats here to catch up on. Apologies, everybody. Christian, Joey, Joey, Joey. Today is my birthday, and all I wanted was a Kraken win. This turned out better with my favorite goalie getting a shutout. Thank you for the super chat, Christian. Happy birthday. New Year's baby. That's pretty cool. Um, and, yes, you you got – I got to imagine the best birthday wish you, you could have hoped for, right, Go, having this game play out the way it did with the win, with the shutout for Joey. So happy for you. So, so happy for you. Like, so happy this got to be my second live NHL game. Happy I ruined my bud from Vegas' trip. Happy for Joey. Happy I got to meet you. And RJ, this trip has been the best. Yes, it was wonderful to meet you last night at the NHL Fan Fest Lights. Happy 
you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm happy that your uh, Vegas friend who was there uh, is going to leave a little disappointed. I know it's, it's always, you know, it sucks that somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to be disappointed. But if that's got to happen, it's got to happen to the Vegas Golden Knights fan. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic to meet you as well. And happy that uh, this whole trip worked out really well for you, too. Because I know what went into to you getting here. And I'm, I'm really happy that things worked out the way that they did. Sergeant Pickles stud, Joey, 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 duds, Vegas in their expired milk jerseys. Dude, the jerseys are like one thing, right? Like they, they are what they are. The logo is what it is with the V flipping the double bird at the top and all that stuff. The track suits that the coaching staff wore on the ice yesterday are, I think, the ugliest thing I've ever seen somebody wear onto an ice rink. Those things, they were, they were so bad. They were, it was just this weird brown gold. It looked terrible. Oh, my gosh. Side note, I expected Dylan to have a custom Lars walking through fire shirt soon. Oh, man, that picture is insane. That picture is insane. The pictures from that walkout. What did everybody think about that walkout? I know I've got literally over 100 chats I need to get back to after these super chats. But I would love to know what everybody thought of that walkout because you get the fire, you get the sparks, you get the lights, you get the smoke. And then – you get them tossing real fish over the heads of the Kraken as the Kraken are walking the, the docks to get to the ice. That was not something I was expecting. That was something that I thought was very, very fun, very Seattle. Uh, must have been quite the show for everybody. But, yes, I got to get my hands on one of those. I got I to do something with that image because that image is unreal. Chip, I'm a man of my word. My, my decor jersey will be on its way here soon. This is the Kraken we all know and love. I can't put all of my emotions into words. Thank you for the super chat, Chip. Enjoy your Joey Decor jersey. I know you will. And yeah, I, I'm with you, right? I'm sitting here struggling. This is my job is to try to encapsulate all of this for everybody. And I'm sitting here struggling to put it all into words because of, of just what an, what an incredible experience it all was. The fact that so many things all happened and that so many things all went right and they, they all ended up with like the best possible outcome. It's never something you really prepare for, right? You hope for it, but you don't prepare for it. And so when it happened, I just can't help but be a little like, just like, did that really happen? Like, did everything really just go perfect? Like, how does, how does that, that, that doesn't happen. Things like that don't happen, right? Like that's, oh man, that's, it's such, it's so, so cool. So, so cool. Um, Kitty B. Kraken, thank you for being there, ECH. Does this mean Joey remains the starter when Grubauer returns? I mean, this is definitely going to be a big part of the next deep dive. I know we had talked about it a little bit on the last one. Joey Decord can't be taken out of the net now. There's just no way. I know we had kind of come to the conclusion of, look, if he's the hot goaltender, if he's the one getting you wins, no coach is going to go away from that, right? Because how do you? How do you go away from the, from the goaltender who's getting you wins? especially as you're trying to claw your way back into a wild card spot. But then you throw on an experience like this, what he was able to do for the team today, how confident the team is playing in front of him, how comfortable the team looks in front of him, how solid and comfortable he looks behind the group. And I got to think, you know, Philip Grubauer talked with him a little bit yesterday. He was really, he tried so hard to get ready for this game and he just wasn't quite able to. And I have to imagine that this whole experience and the way Joey's been playing lately Kraken are going to be extra, extra uh, careful with Grubauer. They're going to really, really make sure that he takes his time coming back and that he is all the way healthy before he starts playing games for them again, right? I, I got to imagine that's going to happen. 
And then once he is back, you'll start working him into a rotation. But I, I don't see how you don't, you know, at, at the absolute most, it would be a 50-50 split with Joey as long as Joey's playing this well. Like, you just can't. Like, I just don't know any NHL coach who would make a, make a kind of a, a change away from a guy who's playing as well as Joey Decord is playing right now. Chip, when do we get our documentary like the Vegas Golden Knights? That's a very good question. I mean, I guess we'll see on the next episode of the Road to the Winter Classic how everything kind of shook out. I would love to know and see if there was anything about those like mid-game adjustments that the Kraken were doing to stay a step ahead of Vegas. That would be really, really cool if we had something like that in there. And then from Tammy, was the gold on Joey's pads to mock Vegas? That's a good question. Unfortunately, I'm not in the position to ask him right now. Um, that's a really, really good question. But I know I can get that question over to RJ. And if it's not asked today, we can probably get that asked soon uh, as the Kraken, you know, keep, keep going with their schedule. As, as big as this game felt, the Apex call was right when it was just one of 82. And it's just, you know, a normal two points that you got to compete for and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that, uh, that, you know, the coaches go on about before a big game like this and a, and a big moment. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Tammy. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for asking. Unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you but we will work on getting you an answer for that question. Thank you to everybody who gave Super Chats to kick this thing off. That was incredible. So many Super Chats. Really, really do appreciate that. Um, it's it's very, very grateful for it. Okay, going back over into regular chat where there's just a thousand chats here that I, I'm going to have to try to sort through. Um, but I, I, I do want to talk about it. I know I talked about it a little bit with the adjustments that the team made and um, – what the what the Kraken were doing as far as you know, um, their their coaching adjustments and what they worked on with that. This is a little thing that I had drawn up just to throw into the tweet, just to give an idea of it. So again, this should be pretty familiar to everybody who had watched the Kraken during that eight game skid. We talked about it a lot. I unfortunately don't have the whiteboard here with me, so this one graphic is going to have to do for now. Uh, but you can see, right, player one's job is to dump the puck and then go in and get it on the forecheck, or maybe someone else dumps it into the zone. But player one's job as a forward is to go in hard on the forecheck, try to win that puck battle, try to send the puck over to player two who's waiting for it beneath the goal line there. And then player two, once they have the puck, their job is to get it to the player who's coming down the middle with that kind of grade A scoring chance, hopefully coming in with some momentum, all that good stuff, trying to, get, trying to make something happen. And uh, the Kraken weren't really able to use this very well. It also leaves you a little exposed on the back end, leaves you exposed to some breakaway opportunities or some odd man rushes, some three-on-twos going back the other way. We, we all know the, 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 the negatives of that kind of plan. And so that's why when I saw it in the first period, I was just like, what are we doing? Like, what? we went backwards. We were on a four-game win streak. We got points in the last eight games. What are we doing? But uh, it was literally all just there to, to you know, Look, feel each other out in the first period, feel out how the ice is going to be, feel out how the puck's going to be, all that kind of stuff that RJ and I had talked about in our preview. And then also throw them off the scent of what you really want to do, right? See if you can get them to bite on trying to stop that setup. And sure enough, Vegas did. And uh, that all the credit in the world just goes to Dave Haxall for that one because that's, 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 that's some real coaching right there, is, is to be able to do something like that, to, to show a look. You know the guys know well. So you can, you can at the last minute or whenever throw that out there and just be like, okay, here's the plan, guys. We're going to do this. Everybody's on on board with it. They know what, they're, what they need to do. And then uh, just be like, look, we're going to use that, try to sucker them into something, and then we can move on from there. And I just thought that that was really, really cool. We haven't really seen the Kraken play like that 
since the playoffs, right? Uh, and that was more so like trying to figure out lines, trying to figure out ways around injuries, working a guy like a Ty Cartier into the lineup in the playoffs, right? Things like that were, were kind of more so the focus for, for the coaching battles in the playoffs. But today we got to see something very different from Dave Hackstall, and I thought that that was really, really cool. And, and I, I really enjoyed that. As for Joey Decord, you know, talking about things a little bit here, um, a little bit different, right, from what we have what we have talked about with with him so far tonight. Obviously, he gets to shut out and everything. What I thought was really interesting was, you know, he had spoken about it yesterday about working on the sidelines. And goaltending coach Debrier was flipping him a lot of pucks at various heights so that he could just kind of get used to the sidelines of, okay, this is what it's going to look like tomorrow. And how can I track it? How can I see it against this new backdrop that I'm not used to seeing? And one of the things that I thought was also good um, and, and interesting about the Kraken today was when they were, you know, on the end that they were shooting twice from, they were really making sure to try to take as many shots as they could with the player benches behind them. Because that's the one spot where you don't have glass that you can kind of use to focus on and see the puck in front of. You've just got the benches. The benches are kind of different than what the way they are the little bit of sun that was peeking through it wasn't quite getting them, but it would be enough to maybe throw things a little bit. And then there's just a bunch of empty space back there because that's the part of the ice that was facing the outfield, right? Everywhere else in this setup and a bunch of, and some of the players talked about it yesterday. Uh, I believe Adam Larson talked about it and, and Oliver Bjorkstrand talked about it when I spoke with him was for an outdoor game, this rink is built a lot closer to the stands than most of them are. And so it kind of still had the feel of an NHL game because not that far away you're seeing fans. And so for the goaltenders, it wasn't too much of an adjustment from those sides. But on the side with the benches, you have the benches, but then you've got nothing for a long time because you've just got that expanse of the outfield. And so the Kraken, they really made a concerted effort to make sure that they were taking shots from that side where they were shooting, where they had you know, any shot that had elevation on it. Logan Thompson was going to have to be looking at the benches and looking past the benches to try to track it. And it was going to be an uncomfortable experience for him. And I think you saw that in the first period was he struggled with a lot of shots, right? Catching some shots, dealing with some things. And you can tell that he was just not on his game. And that's unusual for him, right? He's a very good goaltender. We know, we know this, unfortunately. He's, he's really good at what he does. And I thought that was a really interesting thing that the Kraken did, whereas Vegas, I don't know what their what their scouting report on Joey Decord was, but they tried to go low on him a ton, and I don't really know why. Um, I maybe they were hoping because the ice, you know, certainly as periods would go on, would get a lot more choppy. Uh, you could tell that both goaltenders were were struggling to deal with the puck at times, try to get it covered, try to get in front of it, um, just because the puck was bouncing so much as it would roll on that ice because it was getting so choppy. I don't know if they were trying to count on, on kind of bounces from stuff like that, but the Vegas Gold Knights were shooting low a lot. And what that meant was Joey Decord had boards behind all of those pucks. He could track the puck because it was either just on the ice or it's a low elevation and he's able to see it with boards behind it. And his job's not any different than any other hockey game, right, at that point, because he's got the boards to work with as he's tracking the puck. And I thought that was an interesting choice from Vegas that they didn't really try to get away from until the third period. And I think that's another one where they maybe, you know, their coaching staff maybe dropped the ball a little bit. And it's not something that I thought was, you know, we would see from a game like this. Uh, Super chat here from Absurdly Sane. I see this. You know, thanks for letting me uh, take a sec to get to it. Happy New Year, everyone. Great to start off 2024 with a dance party. It absolutely is. Absurdly Sane. Appreciate the Super Chat there. Um, that is that is fantastic. 
So yeah, those those were the two things that really stood out to me from this game was the the coaching adjustments on the Seattle side, and then just the decisions that both teams were making when it came to shooting the puck, trying to test out the goaltenders in this different environment, um, because otherwise the game largely played like an NHL game. I don't know how much slower it really was. It didn't look like it was all that much slower. So I uh, I'm, I'm I'm really really happy about that. Chip with another super chat here. Wanted to report Joey got. The first ever shutout in Winter Classic history. I know it is so great to be able to celebrate that. Could not have happened to a better goaltender. Could not have happened to a better person than Joey Decord. I mean, he is just a phenomenal human being. So happy. So, so happy for him. Absolutely. Like, I, just, I don't even know what to say anymore with Joey Decord, right? Like, he, he is so solid. He made some big saves. That Jack Eichel one in the first period where Eichel comes in, walks in on him, again, goes low. Joey, we know, especially in those breakaways, right? We've talked about this. He's a great break breakaway goaltender, and he's able to stop all those if you go low, and, he, and Eichel decided to go low. I don't know why. Again, should have had a pre-scout on that to tell him not to, but he did, and, and Joey was able to make the save. That other one in the third period where Joey had to come across and make that huge glove save. Joey was already down. He had to reach up with the hand, make the glove save. Here's something that I want to know, because we we – People started off the chat talking about him with, you know, the Vesna and he's our Vesna champion, all that kind of stuff. But this is something to actually legit start talking about, which is before even the Flyers game, he had been the hottest goaltender in the NHL. His save percentage is just jumping by leaps and bounds. His goals against average is just plummeting. And now you have him getting a 35 save shutout, first shutout in Winter Classic history on the national stage he's got everybody from the league in here watching this game everybody in the nhl is watching this game and they watch him get a 35 save shutout against the defending stanley cup champion if that isn't the kind of thing that you can then build a trophy campaign off of an awards campaign off of i don't know what is and so if joey decord is able to continue playing the way he is he's able to you know get enough starts down the stretch which i think he will just because he is playing so well I mean, Joey Decord, I do think because of this performance, he's going to really have a shot at that. He, he'll certainly have a shot if he continues to play this way at, at being nominated. I think that would happen. What will be interesting, and it'll become like the big debate with everybody, is going to be, can you give that trophy to a goaltender whose team isn't in the playoffs? Because that's still something that the Kraken are going to have to figure out too. And that's, that's a hurdle that I don't know we could see him overcome. I would like to say that he could. I, I think there's a lot of other factors that go into it beyond the goaltending, especially when you're talking about somebody gaining a starting job a little bit into a season because of an injury to the person ahead of him. But uh, it's one of those things where I feel like if he was able to play, if he's able to play like this the rest of the year, and, and he'll have the numbers for sure, if he's able to play like this the rest of the year, the crack could probably find a way to sneak into the playoffs, so he'll have that on his side. And at that point, he's unstoppable, right, when it comes to the idea of, of of an award such as the Vesna, I, I don't know how you, you can't do that. And then to have the signature moment be the first shutout in Winter Classic history against the defending Stanley Cup champions. I don't know who else is supposed to really build a legitimate rival campaign to that once you have all of those things going his way. not I say all that not trying to get too ahead of ourselves, of course, right? There's still a lot of season. There's still over half the season to go for the Seattle Kraken. There's a lot of time left, but if Joey is able to continue to play this way, and even, you know, this might be kind of unthinkable for him to play this well the rest of the way, but if his save percentage drops down 
to on average more of a, a 920 instead of 950 plus the way it is right now, right? That would be enough for him and the Kraken, I believe, down the stretch to be able to make something happen and, and for him to be able to get into that conversation and for us to be talking about that a uh, little bit later in the year, which I certainly hope is something that we can do. Uh, so that's that's the other thing with Joey Decord that I that I thought about today was just that, like, you know, everybody is here in the building watching this. Every time I'd look up and see what the TNT broadcast is showing, they're showing montages of all the saves that he's making, right? He gets to be out there and do the interview with the TNT crew after the game. He's player of the game, he's first star, all that good stuff. So um, that's I, I'm really happy for him, and I'm really happy that people nationally got to pay attention to Joey Decord and see just how good he is and uh, and what he can do behind this Kraken team. Um, let's see here. How take Sinkard out of the AHL when he comes back from injury? That would be – that's not going to happen in Hockey Fork. That is, an, that is a scorching hot take. That, that take belongs on the surface of the sun. Uh, that's how hot that take is. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, I think I'm gonna have. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to figure out even where to where to begin here with the chat uh, because there is so many. Um, Tammy with the best game in Kraken history there. It, absolutely, absolutely. This was this was the best game in Kraken history, it, bar none. You get the shutouts. You get the Winter Classic win. You get to beat Vegas, which is something that uh, you know everybody struggles with. But the Kraken have definitely struggled with in their short lifespan. And, uh, uh, you know, there's so, so many cool things about it. Like, I, I you could go on for days about that. Um, talking about uh, the idea of him maybe having a shot at a goalie goal. I thought he had a shot at the goalie goal. But the puck bounced a bit too far away from Byron. Yeah, I mean, the, like I said, late in the periods especially, the ice was clearly really choppy. You could see the puck was bouncing around a lot. It was a struggle for both goaltenders just to keep kind of keep it covered. Um, that was something that was like, right. They would, they would try to line it up just right, try to pounce on it. And they were really struggling to do that because of what was going on there. Um, but I, I, you know, can't have everything, I guess that would have been the only thing that would have made it perfect. And let's be real. Kraken just can't score an empty net goal. It's just not allowed when they win. They're just, that's the price they pay to win a hockey game and to have a lead late in the game is that they're not going to score on the empty net. And I think we just have to all learn to accept that at this point. <laughs> Um, Borgen apparently got the Davy Jones hat. What does Joey have to do? Oh my gosh, Chip, this is that's very distressing to be perfectly honest. Because I am with you, I don't know what else Joey has to do unless did Joey have it last game? Answer that, and I'll stay at the bottom of the chat here, everybody. Answer me that. Didn't Joey get it last game? In which case, that would be that would be the thing, right? Because what's he going to do? He's going to give it to himself, right? I guess. I guess that's what's supposed to happen. And, and Jessica's pointing out that the Davy Jones hat is supposed to be for the unsung hero uh, of the game. Joey was sung. <laughs> that is true. Everybody was talking about Joey Decord there and, uh, about, and about him and how well he was playing. So, yes, Will Borgen I then getting his first goal of the season. I know I talked about earlier Yanni Gord kind of finding his game again, getting back to that, scoring a peak Yanni goal, you know, after a scoreless month of December. Will Borgen, that was his first goal of the season. Right to have that happen in the Winter Classic. I mean, he was he was fantastic in this game too. Defensively, he was strong. The whole defense had to be strong against Vegas in this one. Will Borgen definitely played a, a really strong game. So in that sense, I do understand them going with him uh, for this one. And yeah, you're you're all right. Yeah, Schultz had it last time. So you know maybe there's some D to D bias there. Just say, just say, uh, just say. Maybe 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 we go down that road. Too. Um, 
let's see, Nicole, the Jack Eichel chancellor in the empty net was crazy, insane save. I know. I mean, two big saves on Jack Eichel, no less, right? The one of the first period, the one late there, that glove save I mentioned earlier. Like I said, that's that's good stuff in front of a national audience. That's that's good stuff with all the you know NHL.com writers in the building and all that kind of stuff. Joey really was able to help really make it a strong case for himself this year in front of everybody. Daniel makes sense to me that we'd like to try shots from distance, especially with varied goalie backgrounds and sight lines. Agreed, and I think that that's what the Kraken were kind of experimenting with in the first period. And uh, and and they were able to you know they were able to get the one again. Some of that is just because Tol- Tolvi was just a little. I mean, he just got lost by the Vegas defense. And then after that, you had stretches where Vegas. That's the most like on their heels I've ever seen Vegas look defensively. Thompson was kind of all over the place in his crease. His defenders were kind of chasing plays. That's it's not something you see the Vegas Golden Knights do really ever. I was gonna say not often, but you just don't really see that from them ever. And you're seeing it now. I mean. Maybe there was something to that four-game losing streak that they had, you know, right before that one win in LA before they came here. I, I don't know. I think I think maybe the cracks are starting to show for the Golden Knights after all this. Just say it. I think there's a chance about that. I don't know. Um, just so everybody knows, I'm just gonna have to be down here at the bottom of a chat. It's really hard to kind of sort through everything. So please, 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 if you wanted something talked about, just throw it back into chat down here at the bottom, and I promise I will get to it. Um, uh, everybody with the stuff there. Tolby first playoff goal, first winter classic goal from our Google there. Yes, Joey Decord. I mean, not Joey Decord. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen has been just such an incredible player for the Seattle Kraken. We all know the story of him being claimed off waivers, the instant chemistry he was able to find with Oliver Bjorkstrand and Yanni Gord, the hunger. And, and stuff that he had to his game. We talked about this a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, right? Um, just the fact that the difference between him and a Tomas Tatar coming in, and Tatar being more of a veteran, kind of looking to refine his game, right, after struggling in a new place in Colorado, and Haxtell talked about that, and then Haxtell contrasted that with, you know, an Ellie Tolvanen coming in and, and trying to seize an opportunity, try to claw his way into this league. And there's really no better way of doing it than to score a big-time goal in the playoffs for a brand-new franchise, to score the first goal in a winter classic history for a franchise, right? Those are the things that really endear you to the fan base, endear you to the front office. It gives you that, that kind of clout or that air of big-time player, right? This is one of those guys that shows up for the big games, and that's something that you know front office guys, coaches, other players, they respect the hell out of that, right? They want guys like that in the room. Even if there isn't, even if it's luck, even if it's a fluke, whatever. There is just that idea of those guys, right? And and people want that stuff in and around their organizations. And that's what Tolvanen has really built for himself here in Seattle. So it's going to be really interesting to see long-term what that all t- kind of turns into for him, right? Um, I'm really excited to kind of see what, what road and journey Ellie Tolvanen takes with the uh, Seattle Kraken here. Daniel, I'm just glad Vegas didn't wear their typical uh, yellow uniforms. Yeah, that would have been, well, one, it would have been weird in order classic, but two, yes, the, the color is just rough. It's a really, really rough color. <laughs> no way around that. Uh, Rusty Railroad, what a journey for Joey. Love how he was the fan favorite at Coachella, and now 47,000 fans chanting his name. That is true. I mean, Joey, you, you can't, you can write it, right? That's the thing, is that it feels like it's a script playing out before us. Like, this isn't how it's supposed to go, 
right? It's, it's not supposed to be the guy who comes in and is like last chance, last ditch effort to kind of come in and he's able to battle his way onto the roster, and, you know, after taking an AHL team to, you know, overtime of game seven, Calder Cup finals last year, and then to be able to battle his way onto the roster this year. The, the starting goaltender goes down to injury. He's able to step in and just put together a run that this team hasn't experienced in a really long time, if ever. I mean, that's just, like I said, that's that's a script that you write. That's not what's supposed to happen. But that's the beautiful thing about sports is that it does sometimes happen. That's why we do watch movies with, with the scripts like that. And it's and Joey is just becoming the latest example of it. Um, let's see. See our bud. Well, Schwartz is the only one who can score empties. Yes, he's the power play and, and empty net goal guy. That's, that's his, his claim to fame. And you know what? He was getting closer, getting closer. He was out there practicing yesterday. I it would be out there. Uh, that was really great to see. So, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for the, the return of Jaden Schwartz, hopefully soon. Um, Tammy, Nashville fans reminded again about the waiver deal on national TV. Yeah, it's got to be really rough for Nashville fans watching Tolvin and play like this. Although I'm sure if I was one of them, what I would be doing is I would turn around and say, yeah, well, who's in the playoff spot right now? And that's fair. That's fair. I, you would have to add it to them if they did that, right? Um, let's see. Uh, is this an, like an in-joke where Joey never gets it, gets the Davy Jones hat from Striatic there? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I think that I think that um, Jessica was right, right? It's supposed to go to an unsung hero. It's supposed to be going to somebody who isn't the first star of the game all the time, who's the guy that's, you know, maybe the, the media and everybody isn't quite paying attention to. And so I'm, uh, I, I do wonder if, if that's part of it. Um, here we go. Got Becca with the Super Chat. Love to hear the national broadcast team joining in the Joey chance. Yes, it was. It was wonderful to hear that. Uh, like, I mean, again, I, I just don't even know what to say about Joey Decord anymore. We, it feels like we've covered everything there is to say other than the stuff that can't be said, right? The emotions and, and everything that just you can't really put in the words. It's just something that we all feel because we followed him and his journey and we followed this team and we know how much all of this means to him and the people around him. Uh, but yes, being able to, to have that happen, like I said, that's a big deal. That's something that everybody's going to notice. And, and he's definitely going to be a reason why people tune in to watch the Seattle Kraken game. I think that's that's really, really cool, right? Like that's that's really, really cool. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, be kind of saying the same thing. Price of Joey being this damn good is that he'll never put an unsung performance to get the hat. That's true, right? He's always sung. He, he just he's doing the he's just doing it right. Um, got a uh, <laughs> kind of a silly trophy, but happy for Joey from Dalek. Yes, he got the Winter Classic MVP trophy. It is a little bit of a silly trophy. I will I will agree with you there, but it's silly in all the good ways. I love that they did that. I love that trophy. I think it looks like a lot of fun, and I'm really really happy that he was able to uh, to, to be able to take that home. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Rebecca. Yeah, to be fair, Joey did already say it's the best day of his life. So there, he doesn't need that. He's, He's got the MVP trophy anyway, right? Um, I'll say good job, Seattle. Well done. Cheers from Edmonton. Cheers out. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, CR Bud, every time we play Vegas, I'm reminded how much I can't stand Vegas. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from uh, with the Golden Knights there, right? Like we, we all go through that every time we see them come up. But this, that's why this one, I think, felt even better was, you know, we've only beaten them, what, once before in three years? And so to be able to do that on this big stage and be able to do it in shutout fashion and, and to be able to kind of, you know, out, outmaneuver them 
uh, at all the different stretches. I, I just think like that kind of catharsis just adds on top of everything else that we've already experienced around this game and, and during this game. But there's that little extra added like, yeah, okay, you know, come at us now, Vegas fans, right? Because we're, we're used to that. I was getting that earlier for Vegas fans, right? So it, it's good for that. Uh, everyone this so far year has had a different hat recipient. No Joey yet. Bauren coming in clutch yet again. Eberly has held it twice because he started the year with it. It's very interesting. It's really working its way around the locker room there. I mean, obviously, there was a period in time where it didn't move much at all. Uh, in fact, it didn't move at all for eight games. <laughs> so that's been that's been interesting. But yeah, that's, oh, I, I like that. Laura here, this is a great one. The Knights were a buffet and Joey was hungry. Oh, I like that, Laura. That is that is great. Somebody should use that in, a, in an article, or they should have used it on air. That's fantastic. Three and zero, and it wasn't even that close. From Brian, I know the game never really felt like it was. It the momentum was ever in in Vegas's hands. It was maybe a little bit of a stretch in the late first period for a brief time, and then a little bit later on in the third. But at that point, it was already three nothing. And it was just kind of that classic, like, okay, well, one team's got a three-goal lead and there's like five minutes left. So, you know, the other team always pours it on, right? And, we've, and the, the other team kind of takes their foot off the gas a tad bit. So, yeah, I, it wasn't really that close. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, to be able to dominate a team uh, that you had struggles with so much of the past, uh, that has a fan base behind it that can be obnoxious, I'll just say it, uh, to be able to do all that if you're the Seattle Kraken, that it's got to feel so good. And I know it feels good on our end, right? It feels good for all the Kraken fans as well. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> talking about some good stuff there. Uh, so how many Winter Classic goals does Vegas have? <laughs> Damn, good, excellent point. That's all you got to do, everybody, right? If they start coming at you, that's what you that's what you respond with. Tammy, Tammy just gave us a good one there. Um, Maddie, it brought me a lot of joy to see how frustrated Eichel was at the end of the game. Yeah, they just weren't they weren't able to find their game, right? We just talked about them not really being able to have any momentum on their side. They weren't able to find their game. And again, that's something that is unusual for that team. It's unusual for a Bruce Cassidy coach team to go through, right? Back when he was with Boston, you didn't see Boston really run into those issues. Um, but you know, they had struggled, right? One win in their last five games entering this game. Maybe they are really starting to have issues with that. And today was just kind of a, a continuation or even a new evolution in those struggles. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to really try to figure some stuff out here uh, after this one, Pablo five game winning streak, baby go Kraken. Yes. Five game winning streak for the Kraken. They are just they are absolutely on fire. Nine game point streak for the Kraken too. So it's not even, you know, just the five games, just the way they've been able to respond to that eight game skid that they had has been phenomenal, right? They've done it in the exact right way. The only way that they were going to be able to do it. And so that's, that's what I like to see Stratic. So Joey has to just play bad enough to get the hat. I don't think he's capable of playing bad right now. I don't think he could, he could at all do that. I, I just think he's, he's just not, not able to uh and i'm for one fine with that and i'm sure he would be fine with that too i'm sure he's fine getting wins for the team putting up the numbers he's putting up and uh you know he knows that the hat will come when it's when it's time shanny over on twitter love the growth of national focus on west coast hockey nhl and ahl for both of these teams yes i'm really curious 
Um, my family recorded the, the broadcast for me. I'm really curious to be able to go back and kind of see on the broadcast side of things how much attention was paid to, say, Seattle hockey history, Seattle hockey as a whole, the WHL, the AHL teams these teams have. They're both really good AHL teams. Of course, the Firebirds, we know, going to overtime game seven last year in, in the AHL um, finals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really curious to, to see something like that. Uh, we've got RJ with us now, though. I, I know that was a long Long wait to have RJ join here. Look at that backdrop. Couldn't, couldn't have done better. Is that really what took so long, RJ? I, you know, I did try and find a good location, but no, it's not what took so long. Although I will say, this is the coolest background I've ever had behind me for a post-game live. I mean, it's not particularly close. Um, but what took so long is just all the fun the guys were having. I mean, lots of great quotes, great moments from the guys after the game. Uh, it was just awesome. Like, where to begin? Um, I mean, let's see. I mean, we'll start with Joey Decord. We have to start yep. with Joey Decord, right? MVP of the game, first shutout in Winter Classic history. And, I mean, media was kind of all over. Like, he was a little bit overwhelmed at first. He was carrying his big trophy into his locker, just trying to get his gear off. Because, you know, people were all over me. He barely get his gear off. But we got him at the podium. And... um he was talking about, I mean, just how great the team in front of him played. Of course, he gave the guys in front of him a lot of credit. One of my favorite questions, though, he was asked by a reporter about maybe, you know, thinking about shooting the puck, right? You know, and, and the question went, he said, okay, well, you're, you know, hey, Joey, you know, question for you. You're up 3 nothing in this game late. You know, there's an empty net. The other team dumps the puck. And Joey just cuts off the point. He said, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like he was. I was absolutely thinking about it. He said I was gonna shoot. The puck just jumped on him a little bit at the very end, so he didn't do it. But he was certainly thinking about it. He wanted to shoot, and I know everyone in the crowd wanted it too. I'm sure you could hear it, to, uh, Dylan. Like at the end, you know, the anticipation as those pucks came in on Joey Decord. Oh, definitely. No, and we've talked so much about about him so far, RJ. I mean, just what this means to be able to to have that first shutout in Winter Classic history, to be able to do that in front of this national audience, uh, you know, on top of how well he had already been playing, what that could potentially mean down the road if he was to continue to play this well, RJ, right? As all of a sudden, you know, that, that might not be the only trophy that he would have to build space for in his house. I right? saw that but, in the chat a little bit. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. The, the Vezina talk starting kind of early, but you know what? He's playing lights out right now. Um, and, and the guys are so happy for him too. I mean, Will Borgen, was talking after the game and he said it was really nice to get that early goal so they're not chasing the game right and he said you know that first one's a huge relief and then rest of the game we just relied on joey which was easy yeah, yeah the guys definitely. have so much confidence in him well and that was one of the big things that i picked up yesterday was how much confidence the team had as a whole and it wasn't the kind of in your face confidence that you're like used to with sports teams it was very much the you know textbook definition of quiet confidence, right? They just I, I'd said it yesterday to people, the vibes felt right. And and today having seen the way Paxwell coached this game, to see the way how they played in front of Joey, to see how dialed in Joey was, how comfortable he ended up looking with the sight lines and all of that kind of stuff. Looking back on that now, right, you can really say that it was a quiet confidence. They they did feel comf comfortable and confident in what their plan was. Right? They, they had that air of, the only thing I can think of to describe it is, you know, the, the kid who studied really hard for the test, so the day of the test is like the one unnervous guy in the room, right, because he just knows what he's, he knows what he's there for, right? He's, he studied, he's put in the work, 
and he knows he can go out there and do it. And that's really how the Kraken felt to me yesterday upon seeing how they performed today, thinking back on it. That's, that's what it reminds me of. That's a great analogy. And you could tell they prepared for this game, even though it wasn't necessarily what they always do. I'm sure you covered that a lot earlier, how they kind of changed up their game in the first period and, and simplified things a little bit. Yanni Gord talked about that a little bit after the game. Um, you know, he was asked about, you know, kind of playing the way that they have been playing over the last several games. And he's like, well, you know, uh, you know, the conditions were a little bit different. And so maybe that, you know, leads to you playing kind of differently. So I think Yanni knew what was up, didn't want to give away the secret too much. Right. Um, but I, I think that's something that the Kraken had a game plan. They came in, they executed and then they did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. Everybody's on board with the suit game today, RJ. Oh, thank you, everybody. And, uh, and then we got a super chat here, question for you, RJ from CR Bud. Uh, since the fans were so far away, did they just designate Berkey to throw all the fish? <laughs> um, I, well, because at the end, Dylan, I don't know what you caught because I was kind of trying to head toward the locker room. Yeah. All I saw was Yanni eating fish. I saw Yanni eating one. They didn't have Tolvanen come out for the three stars. And then Joey was busy with the TNT interview. So did you see anything beyond that? Right, so I was busy trying to find where I could do this, so I missed Yanni, and then I ran over, back over to the window, and Tolvanen didn't come out, and then Joey was busy, and so I don't know, but yes, Yanni, Yanni eated his own fish, didn't have to bring out uh, to RJ there. I mean, uh, uh, Berkey. Yeah, <laughs> no, I gotcha. Uh, some good stuff there. Uh, some people talking about, yes, they did mention the WHL teams, uh, the Washington teams on the, on the TNT broadcast. Love to have that. Uh, discussion take place. I mean, RJ, so much of the discussion has also just been around how important this all was and the idea that this game really just went perfect, right? And it was kind of all too perfect in a weird way. Like, it still feels that way to me. I don't know about you. No, it was this storybook type of game. I mean, you know, that's kind of the case with the shutout, right? Is the other team never gets a goal. You never really start sweating it. It almost feels like the game, in a way, never starts. But then the whole thing goes off without a hitch. Yeah, it felt like this great fairy tale moment for a team that really hasn't had a lot of them. Obviously, the playoffs, you know, last season were really great. You had game seven against Colorado. But it feels like not many of those moments happen at home. I mean, yes, we had fan appreciation night year one, but that was kind of like they got to win after all these losses. Yes. Um, as far as, you know, being at home, being in Seattle, this kind of feels like a high point. It does. It really does. I, I said it earlier, RJ. I think this is the, the biggest win in Kraken franchise history. The, you know, the biggest shutout, big, biggest goaltending performance in Kraken franchise history, best coached game in Kraken franchise history. Like, so many things really lined up on this one. Uh, and and uh, I couldn't be happier for the organization and the fans, right? Because both of those two groups have poured so much into this. Right. Obviously, all the fans, we know so many that have traveled from all over the place to be here for this game, who've stayed up at all sorts of odd hours all across the globe to watch this game, how important this game meant to all of the Seattle Kraken faithful. And then also on the team side of things, we know what a big deal this meant for all the players in the locker room, for the coaching staff after Dave Axel talked with us yesterday about it, the media team. was just really, really special. Um, I see the Wi-Fi is starting to get back, I think. problems here. Yes. So uh, just saying that, you know, that, uh, that happened there. Um, I had one here. The ice was in unique condition today, but has this game taught us anything about the Kraken's abilities when the speed of the opponents is neutralized? That's a question from Kyle. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a good point. Like the ice not being all that great allowed the Kraken to keep everything in front of them in this one. And I don't think there's a possible opponent you can have where that is more important than the Vegas Golden Knights. They utilize their speed to be dangerous in transition and get you off guard when you have guys deep on the forecheck. The Kraken were forechecking really hard. They often had three forwards deep. And if Vegas can just catch you once or twice on those, they can be lethal. But the ice being just a little bit slower, that speed being neutralized, it just took away everything they were trying to do. Oh, definitely. And, and Don coming in here. Too bad the ice was so slow for Vegas. Gave, at least they have an excuse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's unfortunate because without that, it would have been really great. Uh, I think it's a, one of those great things, though, about having an outdoor game like this in your city. Home ice advantage. And, and I think it kind of played into the Kraken's hands in this one. Like the, the ice wasn't terrible too. I don't want to take anything away from what the Kraken are able to do on that ice. But, you know, you kind of felt a little bit of, a, of the home ice advantage. You don't always get in these outdoor games. I think road teams have a pretty good record in them. Um, so that was cool to see. Yes. No, it was really, really cool to see Stratic here. Seattle is one of the easier strengths of schedule remaining by various strength of schedule sites. With so much season remaining, the difference in strength of schedule aren't huge, but we've got six games against the Sharks and Ducks coming. I mean, that's a big deal, RJ. Obviously, you've won five in a row now for the Kraken. Points in nine straight for them as well. Joey's playing as well as anybody. The team looks to have figured things out. They're really clicking with whatever the coaching staff wants them to do. The coaching staff's clicking. I mean, I, I don't know. This, this So much of this game, I know there was some of it that was trying to be brought into it originally. I guess we should have paid more attention to it. Um, was just the idea of, look, Seattle is really a team on the up and up right now. And then you have Vegas, who is struggling to find their game. And I did think another aspect of this game, not just because the ice was slow, was Vegas just did not look like Vegas at all. No, they didn't. And I was actually able to, uh, toward the end of the game, talk with our buddy Ken from Sinbin. And yeah, he said that Vegas just you know, looked really bad. They weren't able to forecheck. I mean, he was. He said he could count on one hand the amount of turnovers the Kraken had in their D zone that were like forced by Vegas pressure. He could only think of one offhand. And he's like, it's probably less than five. And it was just the Eichel one where he was able to come in and Joey was able to stop him. So um, just their pressure was kind of non-existent there. And I think part of that was the Kraken being really smart and deliberate and breaking out the puck. You know, that never happens by accident when a team can't get the forecheck home. But certainly that's an issue for them going forward. Yeah, definitely. Chip, I love seeing the Vegas, uh, that Vegas tweet about how they had special goal graphics made up for this game, lol. Uh, yes, that, don't, don't get to use those. Uh, not that I'm crying too hard about that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Tammy Joey had some shortstop-style catches in T-Mobile, a couple memorable ones. Uh, yeah, he did. I mean, he, he did a good job. I talked earlier, RJ, about kind of the curious decision by Vegas to take a lot of low shots in this one, which, you know, not really trying to take advantage of the unique sight lines that this venue and game provided them. Yeah, and I, I love that you pointed that out with the unique sight lines too in the first period, because as soon as I noticed it, I couldn't unnotice it, right? Where the different shots were coming from. And I'm sure that's something that, you know, the goalies kind of keyed in on, but the skaters as well. I mean, if you can take advantage of that sort of thing, like in the first period with the puck bouncing too, Logan Thompson was really struggling to hang on to those pucks and you know he's a better goalie than that you know if that happens in an arena he covers a lot more of those pucks and a lot more easily it was happening to court a little bit but maybe not as much and i think the kraken just kind of took advantage oh definitely uh tammy the ice is the same for both teams lol it, that it is that it is 
Um, Sam, it's great that we probably were able to provide the best moment at T-Mobile Park this entire year. This positive moment will help us numb, be numb to the dumpster fire that'll be the upcoming Mariners season. Uh, you're not the only person who brought that up that I could hear Sam <laughs> around uh, this weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a great way to kick off the new year here. We'll say that for sure. Definitely. And, you know, across the street, too, yesterday, the Seahawks being a little disappointing. Everyone hop on the Kraken. You know, if you're not already there, hop on the Kraken bandwagon. This is the time. They're certainly less disappointing than some of these other teams, I would say. Uh, you know, and they're looking pretty good. Yep. <laughs> Jessica, highest attendance at any Mariners game I've ever been to. Can it be Kraken on the ice? I wonder if the ice slow was purely accidental. Mm, yes, I, I maybe it was, you know, a pure accident. I know the league's in charge of that, but uh, maybe I'm, there's things you can do. I was going to say, if, if, the, if the teams are able to be in charge of these outdoor games, RJ, the ice for them, oh boy, would we see some shenanigans. <laughs> a lot more than for just sure. being a little slow. <laughs> I feel like half the games wouldn't finish. They'd go overboard and something would be just unplayable. <laughs> the rink would just crack in half. Like They'd have a button they could press if things are going bad. Yeah. Just, oh, oh, well. <laughs> uh, Jake, only one point out now. Yeah, I mean, like the Kraken are winning. You know, yes, most of the other teams they've been chasing have been winning, and those teams do have you know games in hand, which is is going to be you know a reality the Kraken have to deal with. But the only thing that can, the Kraken can control, RJ, is how well they perform, and they're performing at the at, you know better than anybody could have expected, given where they were you know three weeks ago. Yeah, you're right there in the race. You're basically neck and neck with a lot of these teams. You know, hope, feels like so much season is ahead of them. You know, it's. I, I think back to like a month ago when it seemed like, are they, are they dead and buried? Or like, are they out of it? Uh, but clearly not at the moment. Yes. Um, Mark Google asking, did they have the Larson shirt on in the interviews? Okay, they did not have the Larson shirt on in the interviews. I didn't see anyone with the Larson shirt. A lot of them had like winter classic type stuff, which I'm sure, you know, you're kind of given that by PR. You got to wear it. Um, but I mean, <laughs> there was definitely, you know, some of that, you know, fun-loving mood from the guys. I have a couple fun interview stories, if you don't mind yes, uh, me sharing. So um, with Will Borgen, he was holding a couple cans of beer as he was talking to a couple reporters. I got there early in the scrum, right? If you can call it that. It was just a couple of us talking to him. And then as more media started piling around there and a couple cameras came over in front, um, you know, one of the PR people for the Kraken just kind of grabbed the beers away from him out of his hands and he looked so disappointed but uh you know the savvy uh pr move there i think yeah definitely definitely oh man I, I, what was it like right because you were you were getting into the locker room first and then you were going to have player and coach availabilities in the media room afterwards similar to a playoff style setup i mean how, how was all of that Right. I mean, it was definitely a different type of feel, very crowded room and just lots of players. And you just kind of had to walk up to somebody and there were like four or five different player scrums going on. And so you're like, all right, you know, who do you want to talk to? You've got to really, you know, make some decisions there uh, or try and work your way around the room the best you can. Um, and, you know, it was it was kind of frantic because there's league people, there's PR, there's players, everybody walking around. Um, but, you know, the players know that, that this is kind of how it is. And, you know, they were certainly happy to, to talk to us. I mean, you know, after a game like this, they certainly didn't mind. Uh, and then another good story. You get great quotes from moments like this too. Jordan Everly uh, was asked about the, uh, the outfits, 
you know, arriving. And I'm sure you guys have probably already talked about that, you know, the, uh, Oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, we got, we got to talk about the outfits. That's, that's true. There's a lot of stuff with the game to talk about, but you know, the walk up with the different outfits. And, um, so the Kraken of course had their like fishermen overalls, like the Pike place fish tossers. And, um, so they had to get each of those tailored, by the way, you know, to fit all of them and everything. Um, but Everly was saying that some of the guys, because if you notice, they had kind of the white T-shirts underneath the big orange overalls. Some of the guys wanted to go without the T-shirts underneath and just wear the big fisherman overalls. But he said he didn't like that. He thought they'd look like firemen strippers. And so they uh, decided against that. He's not wrong. <laughs> that's where, that's that's the big saving thing there. Uh, that is true. You know, in addition to uh, not the warmest day in the world either. <laughs> yeah, probably not with the weather. I mean, you know, you're you're in the bus and you know you can stay warm. Just a quick walk. But uh, yeah, the look I think was what it was. It, I was kind of on the outside of the scrum, walking by it. When you hear the words "firemen strippers" in a scrum, you turn your head and go and go see what was going on there. Yes. Um, also, speaking of that bus ride, though, of course, you had Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch on there with the players. And Maddie was saying that was really cool being on the bus with him. And, you know, he's like, you turn around, you just look at, oh, yeah, it's Marshawn Lynch. You're like, you know, yo, what's up? <laughs> you know, it's a Marshawn. So Maddie was definitely having a good time with it. Oh, definitely. I mean, that was so cool to, to see him kind of come out there and, and lead them lead them on that walk this morning. RJ was really, really special there. Not often you get the, one of the owners of the team. Uh, to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, were you able to talk with Joey at all? Uh, so with Joey, it was just at the podium. He was um, like just trying to get his gear off. And, you know, everyone was like, all right, let's just, you know, back off a second. Yeah. Let him get to the gear. So it was all it was all stuff at the podium with the, you know, kind of the regular media scrum. But he had his trophy up there with him on the podium. Love it. Love it. And then what did, what did Coach Dave Axel have to say after this one? Because, you know, I, I'm on the record. I think this is his best game coaching in Kraken history. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had that quiet confidence about him, about knowing that they had a game plan. They went in, they executed it. They played the way they need to play. But I think he was actually really reflective of the moment, too. I mean, he enjoyed talking about that. And for a guy who's, you know, said this morning, right, you remember, we're focused on the two points. This is about yeah. the two points. You were saying that compete. yesterday. Got to compete, RJ. Yeah. But now that the game is over, I, I think he really has let himself focus on you know, the significance of it. He was talking about how great of a sports city this is. He talked about, remember, Dylan, at the start of the third period when the coaches were walking over toward the bench and Paxtell is just walking along and he kind of notices this young fan over, uh, you know, in the, like, what's it called? I don't know what parts of a ballpark are called, but he notices a young fan that's and sitting the right there in the front. Line. We'll in the right field line. Thank you, Dylan. And he goes over there and he gives him a couple high fives and you can see the smile on his face as he's walking away. And, you know, he talked about that a little bit. He said, I think that kind of stuff is really important, you know, not for me, but for the fans and for the city to be able to, to go and enjoy a game like this and, and to be able to you know, have that experience that you can always take away from this kind of game. So you know, that was always kind of present in Hackstall's mind, even though he's got a million things to worry about coaching this game. I do think he really took a step back and let himself enjoy this one. Well, he talked a lot about that yesterday, right? As much as there was the, you know, you got to compete, it's two points, it's just one of 82 kind of coach speak that he gave us. He talked a lot yesterday about the importance of having that family skate and having the guys be able to share that with their families and how important that was to him that they be able to share that experience with their families and how much he wanted to remind them that, look, this is also fun. 
And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's a once in a career opportunity. And I thought it was very telling that he really spoke in that way. And it did give you that sense of, yes, again, what we now know is silent confidence. At the time, it was just like, a, you know, okay, that's, that's yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, that's a good thing to be saying, right? Um, but I do think that he really bought into that this whole way. And I think that that comes, though, from having the game plan prepared, feeling how, you know, how well this team has been playing. He knows his group is, is really together. The fact that they were able, both him and the team, to survive that really rough patch, right, that was really the entire season up until two weeks ago. Um, they were able to survive that together, that they were all bought in. They continued to believe in him, too. This is an aspect that we haven't really talked about between all of the, is he going to get fired? How hot is the seat he's on, right? All of that kind of stuff. I got to think it really meant a lot to him that the guys never gave up on him, right? They were always in on, on board with him. They always took responsibility. It was that they weren't executing. It wasn't that the plan was wrong, right? And be able to, to have that buy-in from them and then be able to come out on a day like today and, and have the plan go well, have that effort be there, have the players execute the plan, and for you to then pick up the win in the fashion that you did, I got to imagine, was a really, really special moment um, for a coach to be able to experience. Yeah, it's the kind of stretch that can really just galvanize a team. And we've seen it so many other situations with other teams, right? When they're in a losing streak and things are going wrong and the coach does lose the room, it's so easy. If, if you're a player or you're kind of a, a group collectively and you'd rather be playing for somebody else, at that point, you can kind of make sure it happens with the way that you play. And, you know, it, it comes out and it's very clear. At no point did that ever happen with this team. We, we talked about it, whether it was on the podcast or off the podcast. I think we talked about it being the opposite of the Flames last year, right? <laughs> Where the results weren't there, but it was so clear that Haxtell had not lost the room. Whereas, you know, the yeah. Flames are doing all right. And it was clear Sutter had lost the room. Um, and uh, it's good to see it just rebound in, in the way it has because, you know, there was like frustration from everybody, everybody involved, the coaches, the players, that it wasn't working. But, you know, nobody ever kind of lost faith in the game plan. And, and you can see what that can lead you to in a game like this, that, you know, if the Kraken hadn't gone through that stretch and they were just kind of remember what it was, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, yeah. start the season. And they were still kind of meandering through the schedule like that. I don't know that a win like this would have been possible. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, so I know we've got the the UW game, kind of. You know, yes, that's right. Up on that, still 134 people in here live right now at the hour and 10 minute mark. So let's go ahead and we'll try to lightning round the remaining questions here. Okay, RJ. Let's go. And, and comments. First, we got Chip. We're now 500 for home games and 526 for away games. 513 overall. Uh, so yes, cracking, cracking, doing well. Glad that this game was able to get them back up to 500 at home. Yep. I mean, you know, if ever there was a chance, RJ, uh, time really, for this team to, to give the home fans a win, this was it, and they delivered. Yeah, more home fans than you're going to get at Climate Pledge ever. I don't think it's physically possible. Uh, so they delivered for 47,000 strong. Yeah, striatic. How was the anthem and flyover? The whole show of the event was brilliant, over the top, uh, uh, was brilliant top to bottom, in my opinion. I thought it was fantastic, RJ. It's You know me, it's really hard for me to get that feeling of, wow, I'm at something where I'm seeing something special, right? I'm, I'm a very hard man to impress. I was impressed. I had that kind of surreal moment today, watching the flyover, right? As those Seahawks came over, you got the guys dangling down with the flag. The anthem was played amazingly, right? 
And, and it was one of those things where it's like, wow, I'm actually seeing something really, really special and historic right now in real time. You're not alone. I felt it too, and so did the players. Matty Beneers, Will Borgen, and Joey Decord, all independently. They were just asked, what moment kind of stood out to you? Like where you thought, whoa, this is cool that I'm here in a different type of game. They all mentioned the anthem. And, and <laughs> there was another follow-up. Like, did you see the guys hanging from the helicopters? Like, yeah, I saw it. Whoa. Yeah, it was really, really cool. They, they, the NHL did such a great job with that. Like, absolutely perfect. Uh, Fusion makes that one clickbait thumbnail of the chasm opening in front of the goal, except it's for real. Yes, that's if you left the teams in charge of the ice for these events, that's what you would get for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Minnesota and St. Louis finally started losing. Now we need Edmonton and a current wildcard team to do the same. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. You guys have any predictions for the Ottawa game? No. I have not thought at all past today. <laughs> exactly. It has been so, so go, CJ. Do not have anything. We'll, we'll, we will get to that when the time comes for that. Uh, we're just surviving right now. <laughs> uh, Maddie, this is an excellent question. I need to know what beer Borgen was holding. What was it? It was in a yellow can. Well, there was two. He was holding two. One in each they hand. Yeah, they were different. One was in a yellow can. I think one was in a blue Mixing. can. I, I know that doesn't really help you. I only noticed them when PR took them away. This is the problem with both of us not being people who drink. We don't know what we're looking at. It's true. It's true. And it was great. Know? It was during. Do you know? Yes. No. One was yellow and one was blue. I'm, I'm asking. I'm, we're phoning yeah, yeah. right now live. <laughs> Guess in the blue is a Bud Light. I would agree with that. That seems most likely. Charles from Circling Seattle Sports is going to be doing a, a quick a quick search here. Uh, okay. We can move on. Um, it would be so cool to wear no shirt. I know. I, so, yes, that would definitely be a reason not to. Uh, Calgary wore denim overalls without shirts for the Heritage Classic. That is true, though, as well, also from Zoe. That was quite the look, RJ. Yes, it was. So it, it shows it's possible. I just think maybe some of the vets, you know, decided to turn that one down. Yeah, people really, you know, in there on that one. Uh, by some guys not wanting to wear shirts, I wonder if that means Adam Deep v. Larson. <laughs> Which surprised me to say, and he seems like the kind. Uh, yeah, I mean, he... Speaking of deep Vs, though, the Elvis outfits for Vegas, I mean, those, you know, that would have worked. Not yeah. for the Kraken, but Larson could pull that off. Yeah, not sure I needed to see that much of some of those Vegas Golden Knights players. Uh, Cameron with the Super Chat here. Uh, what a game, guys. Just curious, how did T-Mobile Park compare to other Winter Classic venues? Did Seattle show out to the hockey world? I have to imagine it did. I mean, this is the first time we've been to one in person. We've been to a stadium series game. You've been to two. Um, but I just thought the crowd was electric. The show that they put on, we had just talked about the anthem and the flyover. I got to think that this has to be up there. It'd be really interesting to be able to talk with some of the more national reporters who have done multiples of these. Yeah, and I got the chance to chat with some people who were, I think, more national reporters, like kind of after the game. They were impressed. And, and people from the league, too, they were impressed. I, that's something we've seen consistently throughout the process. Um, is that people love this venue. They love what Seattle's able to do. And really every event that they've had here, whether it was the expansion draft or, you know, or anything else, like for the inaugural game, a lot of people came out. People always seem to leave Seattle really impressed by what they see. And personally, I mean, compare it to, to Dodger Stadium or Levi's Stadium. This was better. The sight lines, there was no question how much better this was. Like the fans could actually see the game. I was really surprised how easy it was. Um, so I, I have to imagine this is like certainly at the top level. 
Right. And then that keeps the fans in the game that helps out the home team. Right. This is something you mentioned earlier. Road teams tend to do well in these kinds of events. But today that wasn't the case. And I do wonder if that played a role in it. Now, uh, here, for the, for the person who was looking things up, some people have thrown some stuff in here. Maddie asked, is saying, uh, was the yellow beer a Rainier, a true Pacific Northwest classic? No, it I don't a, believe it was. No. It, yes, no. Some people had some stuff. Bush does a corn can, according to Chip. Uh, yellow Fremont. Uh, no, looking at Maddie saying yellow beer may have also been a Pacific Coast. That is what we believe it was. According actually, to Charles, I think that's what it was. I yep, think that's what it was, yep, actually. So that sounds right. There we go. There's that's the answer. bottom of the mystery. Yes, that, there's our answer there. Um, <laughs> some, some good stuff. Uh, yeah, Rebecca hit on, on some of the venue stuff there as well. Lots of talk about the, uh, yeah, it's Lindsay just got home. The vibes are still so high right now. Woo, super happy you got to see this game in person, Lindsay. It was fantastic. Uh, Stratic, it felt like they got the rink placement better than last ball, uh, than past ballpark games. Crowd felt like closer to the action. I said this earlier. I mean, I had talked with Yorkstrand yesterday about that, RJ, and he, he had said that, and Adam Larson had said the same thing as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the placement within the ballpark, it was, it was just perfect because it was so cool when we put out the, our, our in-position tweet, right, on Twitter, and we saw all the responses, bit pictures from where everybody was, everybody's view, and I was just scrolling along here. I'm like, there's, there's not a bad view in this group. Everybody seemed to have a good angle or, or some you know, big positives to where they were. Yeah, and Tammy chiming in. My brother went and said he could see everything. Oh, super happy about that. Now, I think we can end on this, RJ, because it's kind of bookend. It was one of the first questions I took earlier on in here from Maddie. I'm so glad the Winter Classic jerseys won't feel cursed. This is the first game, RJ, that the Kraken have won outside of their normal home or road jersey. That's right. That's really cool. I'm so glad they did because... I said it on the podcast. (laughs) I will say it again even more emphatically. These are the best jerseys the Seattle Kraken have. I mean, they're they're just perfect. They incorporate all the colors really well. They looked fantastic on the ice still. And you could we could read the numbers really well too. The red numbers brought it all together. And they go out and have a memorable win in this. If you get a winter classic jersey, I mean you can always remember today and everything that happened and, and just feel good about it when you put it on. It wasn't even just this, like there was something about them, the way that they seeing so many of them right at the there were a lot, right yesterday, walking around this morning everybody going to the game everybody on the light rail wearing them right and and there's something about them that has that perfect mix of nostalgia and that old school vintage feel right that is just cool right that's just a neat thing to have and and the colors the the beautiful red the felt all of it comes together and it was the first time that you really like could take in and be like wow there's a lot of kraken fans and this jersey is something special. Like this looks like a group of people that are really, you know, behind an organization, behind something special, right? Like you don't. I I love their normal jerseys. We we all do, but there was something special about these ones. And yes, to be able to always look at mine and remember this game is just going to make it even more so. Definitely, definitely. All right. And so with that, everybody, I think we're going to go ahead and call this one a close, uh, take it to a close, whatever it is. I'm so exhausted. Everything's catching up to me from this whole weekend, RJ. <laughs> uh, of course, thanking Flatstick Pub for sponsoring this this very, very special post-game live. Really appreciate all that they've done for this channel and uh, what they continue to do the rest of this season. Next trip up here, we're absolutely going to be doing a, a meetup event. We're already working on stuff for that as for when it'll be and which location it'll be at and all that kind of good stuff. So definitely shout out to Flatstick Pub for making this happen. 
RJ, can't wait to get down there. Shake your hand again. We can take in the site for one last time. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I just want to thank everybody for joining us for this stream after this historic day. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their day. Happy New Year, everyone. And we will see you all next time.